Right. So uh, travel, the travel is started again, especially for you. We came, made it back from this weekend. I had a trip to Virginia. You were in. I was in Tampa. Your old stomping grounds. How did it feel? You know, it's it's always like kind of mixed emotions because I had good times there, bad times there. And you go back and you think, oh, like it, it makes you feel like you're just back when you used to live there. Yeah. But then you start looking around, you're like, man, shit is completely different. Everything's Changed, right? built up different. The, the places you used to go to are no longer there. But the certain large, you know, the hotels and Raymond James and all the other things you see from the airport to the hotel we stayed at for the Tampa Pro, all that stuff's pretty much the same. Yes, I only had a couple. I'd had a couple of trips. I actually did the bus tour there, and I trained at a super, like, popular gym. It was the Powerhouse, and it was downtown. It was on it's the channel moved. side. Yeah, it's moved now. Yeah. And uh, I remember going there, and what what was cool about that gym is they had these stairs. They copied the Santa Monica stairs, and they had it in the middle of the gym. It was just like a makeshift. It would up and down with the stairs. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the guys, I guess, that own that gym used to own a gym in California. So Sean Ray, and I think they own the gym in Fountain Valley or some, something out there. So uh, it was, like, super popular. Ben Pakulski was training there at the yep. time, and – uh, it was just, it was cool to actually visit it. And I visit a couple of stores there, but I always liked Tampa. I mean, I know it's kind of like the place for, uh, like a lot of wrestlers seem to come out of Tampa. Yeah. For, for years when I lived back there, I used to always see Macho Man before he passed. Yeah. I'd see, you'd see Hulk Hogan still lives there. I think the McMahons lived there for some reason. I, I, I want to say they had like some type of corporate office there because you would go into any random gym and you would see guys in their train. You're like, oh, I've seen him on TV before. You know, Tori Wilson lived there, Sean mm-hmm. Stasiak, um, the big show. So you'd, you'd always run into wrestlers. Or if you went out in the clubs, you'd see them out partying. Or Yeah, Hogan lives in Clearwater, Clearwater. so it's not too far from there. And yeah. uh, uh, I know that when we first – so this is episode three, by the way. So we, you know, we talked about a couple things. And we talked about, I think in episode one, that your name on the boards used to be Tampa. Yeah. And that's how we kind of, I've known, I used to know you as Tampa. That's yeah. how I first started calling you before I called you Matt. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know you like were big with the music industry and you stayed down there. So it's pretty cool. I always wondered like when you've been away from something for so long and I kind of wanted to go, but I had my show in Virginia this weekend, yeah. uh, Jay Cutler classic. Uh, it was in Richmond and it was canceled last year mm-hmm. and we had our record uh, athlete showing this weekend we had like 120 or something that before crossovers. And I thought that was really successful. Uh, and we did have, you know, a great attendance. Uh, the weather wasn't so great that day, but uh, it's just really cool because this is our, I think our sixth year um, minus, you know, the year we lost last year. Uh, so it was great to see competitors back on stage and, you know, we're excited to do it again. We do it every August out there. So it was a success and, but a lot of stuff happened at the Tampa show. I mean, you, you were there. You kind of filled me. I was texting you the whole time to find out. And a couple surprises, man. Yeah, you know, I, I think going into the show, everyone assumed, you know, Ian would be the, you know, the front runner. Mm-hmm. He still was. And we didn't expect, uh, I think, what was his name, Philip? The guy that, the guy that got second. Um, hold on. I have his name right here. His name's Phil. I Phil. Know, they call him, I don't know if his real name yeah, is Philip. Philip Clahar. Yeah, and I remembered seeing him different times throughout the years because he has a distinctive look, and I don't think anyone expected him to come in the condition that he was in. 
I mean, he was as as conditioned as. Yeah, you told me you're like text me. You said, "Man, this guy's in yeah best shape." The, his his back double was Dexter slash. I think he's a bit older, to be honest. I said he was forty seven. He's, I mean, yeah, I'm forty eight. You know, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, that's for him to be that, but he he was from behind. He was re- just perfect. And but you know, Ian's still. Ian's still one of the, you know. He's seventh at the Olympia yeah, last year. He's, you know, overall, it doesn't take 100% Ian to beat him or some of the other guys in the lineup. And Ian was, was you know, he wasn't as good as he was at the Olympia, but I don't think he needed to be. I think he came in there. He had a job to do. He came in the shape that he needed to to win. You know, a 90 95% Ian beats the lineup, and he did that. And I heard him say he's going to tighten down next week, and he's going to go do uh, he's going to go do the Texas Pro next week, him and uh, Steve Kuklo. Yeah, it's crazy because you got to see the California Pro. We went out there yeah. to watch that. So as we're seeing, the shows are getting more competitive because yeah. we're getting deeper into the season and guys are looking for that qualification and the ladies, yeah. uh, all divisions, right? And it's obviously changed since my time where you would do these shows and there were certain there were a lot less contests. Mm-hmm. So you would get that qualification based on top three or top five, depending on the tier of the contest. Yeah. Uh, and now these guys have to win, or yes, they gather points. points. Yeah. And you're going to have these guys now that might not win, but there'll be some guys that fall into place just because of the point system. Yeah. Which, listen, I'm not a huge fan of, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I still think the Olympia should be the elite, meaning like it, it shouldn't be 20 guys. Yeah. You know, when I was doing it, it was 12 or 15 qualification guys. Mm-hmm. Um. And I feel that, like, I know because of the shows and they have to do kind of the point system and even, like, the Europe show, they're having top Next two. Next week in Spain. Yeah, yeah, so top two, and I think Nathan's doing that show, Nathan Diashi and Rolly are both doing it. So they need to both qualify at this yeah. point. And uh, I understand, like, they don't have as many shows over there, so I understand why they're doing that, but... Last year it was the top three. Okay, they the, changed at it. The, at the show. Yep, it was the top three. That was the one that Rami was supposed to do, and he got COVID, and he had to pull out. And the top three, you know, top three got in. And tell me, uh, so you watched the show. Mm-hmm. Was there any surprises or anyone that you like? Wow, he got totally overlooked. Um, no, the the Philip Philip was impressive for someone that wasn't talked about going into it. And Max. Uh, uh, Charles Griffin was third. Charles, now that I, I was texting Jansen when when mm-hmm. Charles was out there, I think it was the best he's ever looked. He, he couldn't. I don't think he could look better. He was in as conditioned as he could be from certain spots, like from behind. He was he was in, he's big. It man. seemed like just the same condition that Philip was in, but you know the the structure for him compared to some of these other guys it's going to hold him back. Yeah, he was definitely had a lot of hype. So f- was fourth Max Charles or Max Charles got fourth. And there know. was, you know, he's he's been knocking at the door and he's improved. The legs are better. The legs are definitely Condition better. Condition is there. Uh yeah. do you place where he should have? I think so. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I think he yeah, I think he placed where he should have. And then fifth place was uh Shaban. Yeah, which and I if, thought Shaban was going to do better than fifth yeah. to be honest. What it, was he missing that he could have been bat sharp? Is I think it just it's detail or I think it's detail. If if his legs are crazy, crazy, crazy legs. His if his upper body comes up a little bit and he gets in shape, 
He's a first call to the Olympia guy. He's a guy. points guy, though, don't you think? He was, yeah, he's leading in the points right okay, now. Okay, I would yeah, figure. I heard him say that. And he got fifth. And then uh, Sung, Sung Chu Lee got sixth. And Very he, impressive. And I, I texted you and I said, man, if I was a top coach, yeah. I would be recruiting him. Because from the look, he doesn't have flaws. He's round. He's got symmetry. He's got legs where, you know, there's a good amount of people that don't have legs anymore. Or not legs, you know, compared to you and some of the other top guys. He just isn't in shape. He is in Las Vegas right now. Oh, is he? I didn't he's, know that. He's preparing for the Arnold Classic here. Okay. So he's here. He's at Flex's gym. Okay. So we're going to get him on the channel, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. Just doesn't speak English, so. Yeah. We have to find someone to translate in Korean, you know. And yeah. But he, he, he is, you know, I was sitting next to a, another guy there, and he said the same thing. He said, man, if that guy gets in shape. That's yeah. he's, he's going to be right at the top. So there's just watching the show, you know, obviously Ian won, but there was two or three other guys in there that, that have a, if they, if they do their homework, they are a legit threat in the future, you know, legit threat. So overall, I think it was a good show. And Tim Gardner always puts on a, it's always in a you know, great yeah, show. He keeps trying to get me out there and it just always falls around my birthday or, you know, this yeah. year an event was on that. So um, it was just one of those things that kind of fell yeah. in the cracks. I couldn't make it out there. And, uh, you know, we've been really trying to be supportive of these shows this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and our travel schedule is obviously a l very limited. And, you know, flying yeah. again, um, you know, we kind of go back and forth about our flights too, right? We're always <laughs> looking for the most comfortable seats. And yeah. we get spoiled because of being 1K members yeah. of United and, you know, it's kind of neat because I took advantage. I didn't tell you this. Uh, when I went through uh, Houston, mm -hmm. I was able to use the lounge because if you remember, I paid for the access to the lounge uh, oh. last year. Pri I think it was like after, like when we went to uh, Sweden or whatever, I uh -huh. think I bought a membership. I remember I was at LAX and I'm like, I need to go in the lounge and just chill because I had like three hours. And I bought like a six, I think it was $600 and I paid for the, Membership because you only get lounge access if you're flying internationally, yeah. right? So I was able to uh, chill out the lounge, get some food, and it was yeah. it was pretty comfortable. And I still have a membership, I think, till October right now. <laughs> but I was really disappointed because my TSA Global expired on my birthday. <laughs> That's right. You were messaging me like, "What do so, I do?" <laughs> so I was really disappointed because I was like, "Damn, I got to take my shoes off for the first time." And, and I wait. I remember. I forgot where we were flying. I think we went to Virginia last time. Your TSA wasn't on this. You're like, man, fuck this. I'm going yeah, back. Yeah, I'm yeah. going back to line. They're and putting I my back, stick. I my went back. And, and uh, now I know why. I mean, because it was coming up to the expiration. So I, I was calling Angie at 5 in the morning. And I'm like, it was 5 o'clock. And I yeah. was checking in. Because, you know, we took the same flight to Denver. You took the day, day before. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, man, I can't get on this. We, and, of course, she sent me a screenshot of my actual card, my global card. And she's like, oh, expired two days ago. <laughs> So here I was like, you know, it was early in the morning and the ladies were getting frustrated because they couldn't figure out because it was my number was in there. Yeah. And of course, you know, it came to fi find out it was uh, expired. And you know, now I have to go through the whole process during a cold. See, time. I did mine six months before See, it expired. She yeah. And she's smart. She's like, I have an alert set. See, I'm not as organized as you guys for the yeah. flying thing. I'm just like, go with it. It's just amazing how fast five years went by. Yeah. Because that was like five years I got my global yeah. thing. Yeah. 
And I mean, we use that, you know, in and out of the international. Especially when trips. you come when you come from overseas and, and you go, yeah. and there's like five planes letting off, and you see this line, and you look over, and you're like, "Wow, that global line's only got five people in it. Good thing I got that." You just yeah, scan your so, hand. And walk so, moral of this story is to our listeners and our viewers: if you travel often, get the TSA or Global. Get Global because yeah. TSA is free with exactly. it. Exactly. And if you got a good enough credit card, yeah. they'll pay for it for okay, you. Okay, give the credit card a boost. Why not? Yeah. What, do you, what do we use? American Express or Amex Chase? or the Chase Sapphire? They yeah. both give you it. So, so whatever one you put it on there, as soon as it goes through, you're going to look back through there and you're going to see a credit they're going to pay. Yeah, for it's it funny. For every month you teach me new things about what we can do when we travel. Like you have the rest restaurant voucher with Priority Pass with yep. Chase Reserve and yeah. So if you're a frequent traveler, it's it's always good to look at the perks from certain credit cards because they are usable yeah. to be able to travel. And now we have like we have Platinum Lounge, you know, with American yeah, Express. Yeah, the, the, the Century on here. Yeah. And same thing. So when I flew, my layover was in Denver. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they got a Centurion Lounge. I look, I'm like, shit, man, it's in it's in C and I'm in B. I'm like, and I don't know if you, you know, Denver is a massive yeah. airport. I'm like, I'm not going down the escalator and taking a train to the next one just to get a free coffee or or sandwich or whatever you get in there and the same thing on the way back i flew through houston they also have a centurion lounge and it was in a totally separate area so i'm like in the international area so i didn't get to use it in these last two yeah my question is when you book a flight do you try to go through certain airports because you know the amenities are better in certain ones um i i used to um Coming out of the West Coast, you're either going to go through, you know, Houston or you're Denver. A flyer. Yeah. yeah, and depending on the time of the year, um, if it's this time of year, I'll try to go through Denver more because there's a lot of storms that come through. And if it's uh, winter, I'll try to go through Houston more. So it's more more weather purposes. But you were a Delta. I'm a million miler on Delta. You were a Delta. What is that considered? Uh, well, you have like silver status for life, but I okay. quit flying on Delta like maybe four years ago. Why did you make the change? Um, their international upgrade program is better. Delta's was not good. So, for example, for Delta, let's say you're flying to Australia and the ticket's mm-hmm. ten grand for first class, and a coach ticket's a thousand, and you have four upgrade vouchers. You have to buy like a MY or B class ticket, which are like four or five thousand dollars, in order to upgrade. To where United, the first class could be ten grand. The the cheapest coach could be a thousand. But if you buy the one step up from that, so instead of a X class, you buy a U class. So say it's mm-hmm. thirteen hundred, you can use a voucher to upgrade that ticket to the ten thousand dollar one. And you get vouchers as you travel. Yes. And now it's a point system for every. Yeah. You get like it's like thirty points for an international each way. So you get like two hundred and sixty points. And you can use mileage though. You can use miles and points to okay. upgrade. I've done that before. So when you go to book the flight, you go into the advanced settings, and it'll go to the bottom. You say, "I want to use miles to upgrade." And you can say, do I want to use points or do I want to use miles? So then when you when you click points and you click search, it'll pull a screen up and it'll show you on the right-hand side, it'll say waitlisted or automatic. If it says automatic and you book that flight with your points, you immediately get put into first class mm-hmm. right away. So that's why I did the switch. And I was just looking at it and I started like a little over four years ago and I'm approaching half a million miles already on United. And yeah, I mean, I was a million on on. American, I was yep. a million with uh, United. Yep. Delta, I think I reached 500,000. I mean, if I ca- try to calculate air miles over the I'm years. Sure. Think of all the JetBlue and, and Southwest. and Yeah, which, you know, we try, to, we try to evaluate which airline has the best amenities. 
And I I have to say JetBlue Mint is probably the best I still there never is. Flown that. I've still never flown that. That's yeah. like almost like an international seat kind of trip, but it's, domestic. It's amazing. I mean, in the, the service and the the seats are different because it goes like two and then a single and then two. So that single seat, you're almost like your own. You have all this space. And is it, what is the price compared to other? Well, we just looked like we, to go to Boston, we're not talking international because I, I don't know how much international trips JetBlue does, but mm-hmm. if they do it all, but uh, I know Boston, we just booked, you know, looked at tickets today and I found United uh, business class was around eleven hundred dollars round trip. Uh it it would be about two grand on JetBlue. For each one. So yes. four grand for two yeah, tickets. Yeah, four grand for two tickets. That's a lot. So I paid twenty two hundred dollars versus four thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, and you which, have a layover. And I have a layover. I go through Denver. But what what I looked at in Denver, you know, that's why I asked about yeah. the amenities. They have a great dog area. Yeah. Amazing. It's like outdoors yeah. and everything. So if we do the transfer there and it, we do the transfer there and the transfer on the way back with the dogs, it's only an hour layover anyway. And they're usually pretty good for that amount of time. I think the whole trip is like seven hours with the yeah. layover. Yeah. They'll be fine. But you know, we do travel with the dogs when we plan to go back for my contest in October 30th. Yeah. And uh, you know, we'll have that access. They have really good in certain Certain airports, I always look at the restaurants too. That's why I used to always fly when I flew on Delta. I'd always mm-hmm. go through, uh, I'd always go through Atlanta because they had this really good soul soul food restaurant yeah, that was yeah. that was so amazing. And I would always go through Terminal B and I would load up on it and I'd be running to the plane with my bag of food because it, it was just a really it was like a like a local restaurant inside a mainstream airport and you just don't get that very often. Yeah, that when I came through a lot of my international trips, I went through actually Atlanta. It was one of the yeah. main places I went to. But listen, we, we listen. I'll admit it. I hate flying. I mean, you know, today I look at a lot of these appearances, and uh, we we calculate the distance and the time, and yeah, you know what people don't realize is the when people book you for an international trip, yeah, it it might be a two day appearance like an expo, but it's a week time, right? Yeah, because you have to get there early enough, mm-hmm. get settled, get acclimated as much as you can, at least get some rest because you're not going to rest while you fly necessarily. And then when you come home, you're just wiped, right? Yeah. Usually it's a six or nine hour time change. Yeah. Most of the times we fly sometimes 24 hours difference mm-hmm. or 12 hours. Uh, so it's it's pretty taxing on the on the. You body. know, I never, up until that Dubai trip we did two years ago, I'd never experienced jet lag in my life. I could just, I was just a machine. I could just mm-hmm. land, go, land, go. So we fly to Dubai. It was right before we, it was right before the Olympia. It was in uh, October or whatever, or September. So we fly to Dubai and the whole time we were there, I couldn't sleep. I was just, just trashed. And when we flew back, we flew right into Olympia week and we got home on Monday and Olympia stuff starts Wednesday. That's when you were the, the official uh, ambassador, ambassador yeah. of the Olympia. And I remember for that week, I could not sleep. I was just a total mess. And ever since then, even if I go to the other coast, I get jet lag now. And I never experienced it in like 15 years. So I blame you for that. Yeah, remember when the lady was giving you a hard time about your uh, sleep apnea on the plane? Oh, my God, yeah. What flight? That was a... (laughs) It was a United flight, and you were mad, man. Oh, of course. I tried to... So so we were flying... We're we going flying. overseas. We're going to FIBO or something yeah. like that. And I took my sleep apnea you know, <laughs> machine out and she's like, what are you doing? That's not approved. I said, what do you mean it's not approved? I can plug it in. And yeah. she's like, 
no, it's not approved. It has to have this and that's certifications on it. And she was like talking to the pilot and like yeah, everything. Yeah. And finally I was like, look, man, if I don't sleep with this, I might not wake up. Yeah. And I'm like, so I think I started being kind of a dick to her. I said, are you trying to kill me? <laughs> like I said something like that. They to end her. up letting it pass though. They end up letting it pass. And she's like, well, from here forward, whenever you get on this plane, you need to call ahead of time and let us know you have a sleep. So have you? No. No, absolutely not. Very rare case, huh? I've never had that happen. You know, normally you can't even tell I have it because I just plug it in and I sit it on the side of me and I put the mask on. I just put a blanket over me yeah. and I just go to sleep. But I just, I didn't even think about that. Now. What about this airline? They just tied up the guy in the seat you sent it to me. Yeah. <laughs> the guy was being a dick to everybody. So they, they duct taped him or something like that to the seat. I think more videos came out of him being belligerent on the plane. Yeah, no, he was like, my he mom grabbed and... he grabbed the women's breasts or something. Oh, he did. That's what he did. I just saw one of the videos like, my mom and dad have two million dollars. I would have, I would have beat that kid silly. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you just? If uh, I was on that flight, I would have, I would have bitch slapped him for sure. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, I, like someone getting out of hand like that, and I mean, I know they were saying, oh, they're going to have a lawsuit because they, but man, like. They're allowed oh. to do oh. whatever they want. You have to do what you have to do. If someone, someone's being out of control and he assaulted somebody, put his hands yeah, on somebody. Yeah, it's a federal offense. Yeah, you, know? you can't do that. No, that's a, I'm just, I'm just glad that I get I think it was a now. spirit flight. Of course it was a spirit flight. I think, I don't know. <laughs> if that's we need to start putting you on spirit. I flew spirit once. That's one more time one, than I have. One, uh, one and done, and that was going to Florida. Because it was like the one-way trip, you know. What about last year at the, at the Olympia when we put you on Frontier? Yeah. <laughs> That's your fault. We were looking up the flights, and you're like, I just want to get there. Just get me on a, a nonstop. And I was like, the only one is a red-eye and Frontier. And I remember you landed, and you're like, you did this to me. Nah, it's just, <laughs> Never you know, this they again. just charge you for everything. That's the problem with a lot of these airlines. Their seats, so don't, their seats don't recline. Yeah, that's why we stick to the same thing. You know? I flew Frontier for the first time to uh, Phoenix two weeks ago. Yeah. And... You know, just a little backstory. Uh, three girls that are on Cutler Nutrition were competing at the at the USA's. They were all going to get their pro card. And I saw the first girl, you know, dead center or center, split center, first call out. Second girl, same position. Third girl, same position. I remember messaging you. I was like, dude, I think I so one of us has to go there just to just to be supportive. So that was the first time I ever flew Frontier. But all I had was a backpack. I had my sleep apnea machine in it. A you know, like another yeah. That's forty five minutes though, bro. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Anyway, you're debating whether driving or yeah, it was worth it though. You know, when I did my bus tour in 2013, you know, I had a big tour bus and I traveled all the country visiting military bases and I visited uh, GNCs mm -hmm. and certain gyms. Um, you know, I felt like when I was starting the tour, I felt like kind of like a rock star, you know, mm -hmm. because I had a bus and I had a driver and. And, uh, you know, the bus, we would park at night and open that thing up and we'd be parked outside the gym. And I had these pictures all over the bus. A lot of people probably remember watching this. And, uh, you know, I'd be sometimes training at midnight. And what I realized by the end of that tour is, like, life on the road is difficult. Yes. Because you never sleep the same. And I remember, like, we would be in transit a lot through the night. So we would do, like, two appearances through the day. And they were sometimes three hours apart. So we would do the morning appearance then drive three hours, do the other appearance. And, you know, these appearances run through, right? Yeah. They just never stop because you set a time and it just, the lines don't stop. And then I would be at the gym at like 10 or 11 at night. Then I'd cook my food and, you know, find a place to open the bus up or whatever. And then the driver would sleep in a hotel. 
And we did that. And then we drive through the night mm-hmm. to like six or eight hours to the next location. And by the time we got parked and we got started for the next day, I only had a few hours of sleep because I couldn't sleep when that thing was driving all over the place. Yeah. But it sounded like such a great idea. And it's one thing, like I always had a dream to drive across the country in an RV. But what I realized after doing that and having an RV, I would definitely hire a driver to do that. Yeah. But that was a, my that's one bucket list I probably have is being able to tour, like go to Yellowstone and and see the countryside because one of the best experiences I ever had, and this wasn't in a bus, it was in a you know in like a van. I got to drive from Germany through Germany to Austria. And it was some of the most beautiful scenery. Yeah. And still to this day, being able to look out and, and watch that as someone else drove and be able to enjoy that where, you know, you don't experience that when you're driving, especially, you know, worrying about, you know, either towing a car or whatever in the RV. Yeah. Because it seems like most people, like, they want to break off, park the RV in certain locations and, and go and do their thing. So be really kind of cool. I mean, that that's something I would like to do. And I know you and I talk about it a lot. Uh, that I would enjoy, like that you, you know, you, Midwest. You, and You definitely would. I mean, I do it often in some... Yeah, you rented a trailer like last year or something. Yeah, I went uh, earlier this year. I went and uh, went on that website where you can just rent a trailer, and, and I drove my truck up to uh, St. George, and the person, you just rented trailers from And people. you hooked it up. I and hooked it, up to my truck, and, and all had, that. it had a generator. It had running water it had everything i needed and i i just drove that up through the mountains and i spent i want a motor home though a big motor you can home rent those that, too yeah right, i wouldn't want to drive it though that's what i'm saying yeah. well because i knew with us like when we mapped our routes you know jess who was driving the bus he would have to be careful because jess a lot come drive it yeah i know really he's just got married actually so i don't think he'll be doing as much <laughs> hanging out with me on the road uh he would have to be careful the bridges the heights yeah so there's a lot that you have to pay attention to, right? Yeah. Um, which, you know, driving across the country, I, I wouldn't want to worry about that as much. And I, yeah. like I said, I would like to enjoy the scenery and jump on and off and take my time to do that. So maybe that's, you know, eventually a bucket I'll, I'll eventually buy a, we would discuss this, I'll buy a fifth wheel, like a really nice one. And then you just, if you want to go to Yellowstone or you want to go to Montana or wherever, and you just find a place you want to put it, you unhook it, you push the button, the, it levels itself off, and then you have your vehicle. And then you can go drive two, three hours, go do whatever, and just come back and forth. Yeah, I thought about this. Like Sturgis was always, when I was riding motorcycles, was something I really wanted to experience. And I don't know how it, that was 10, 15 years ago, I really thought about it. And I always wanted to see uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. You ever seen, you ever been there? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's always one of I those went, places. I went to Mount Rushmore in 2016. Um, I drove across the country and you I take pictures of it. You need yeah. to send me, send me I pictures. have them on my uh, Instagram. Yeah. Um, I purposely, instead of coming back from the Midwest through uh, going down south through like uh, Iowa, Nebraska, through Denver, I went a little bit north and I went straight across South Dakota because I've never been there. Yeah. The, the reason for that was I specifically wanted to see Mount Rushmore and I didn't know if I'd ever get a chance to. So go a couple hours out of the way. And we saw Devil's Tower on the other side of that in uh, uh, Wyoming. But it was, you know, my last trip across the country. I purposely went north and went across North Dakota because I had never been. Did to you North go to Denver? Was that when you lived in Denver? Or? No, that was when I was moving back out here. Okay. I purposely, I left and drove straight north and went all the way to North Dakota. and then went across. Yeah, because I used to have the show in Cheyenne. So I was, yeah. you know, I used to see all the Sturgis bikes 
during August would ride through there, yeah. either going to or coming from. That was around the time I had the show. It was around my birthday every year. So, uh, and I was always training for Olympias when I wanted to go. And I'm like, I can't go to a motorcycle <laughs> rally during no. that time. And I heard all these crazy stories, and you see all these these videos and stuff like that. So hopefully, I get yeah. to experience it at some point. No, it's, it's at some point. You know, it's it's worth it. You know, it's worth it just to uh, just go see it. Go see the world. One of my uncles just out of the blue, I saw him post on his uh, Facebook. He just had a bicycle, a, a motorcycle with a helmet and a backpack, and he was in South Florida. And he said, in the next six weeks, I'm going to drive across the country. I'm going to end up at my house in Whitefish, Montana. And every once in a while, I'd look on Facebook, and then he was in North Florida and then Georgia and Tennessee and Kentucky. Like, he legit drove all the way around, just him in a motorcycle and a backpack. And I don't know if I could do that. I couldn't. I, that's I always, too much for me. I mean, but. driving even from California to Vegas on that, 15 freeway it's like not something i always dreamt of doing you know no no but yeah so i ended up going and seeing and fortunately for cutler nutrition all three girls turned pro yeah and i don't think they realized like how big of a deal that was you know how many people go to the usas and they never even get first call out or they never come close to turning pro and how many people will say hey i got three friends in the show and none of them turn pro but we have three girls here that are local. Yeah, two in the same gym. Two actually, in the same like, gym, and all three of them, boom, 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 turn pro in the same show. So, and I know I saw Dave just put a video up on the uh, yeah we did JTV for JTV, it. so you can check that yeah. out and so see highlights all three of them. That was yeah, another a little. couple. Uh, one one girl is her first attempt. Actually, was it Prince first attempt or it was her second? She okay. did nationals. She said she did nationals two years ago. Okay, and she got top ten. She was a teenager then. Yep, right? She's a teenager, and then she just took time off. And then this is her first time coming as, you know, as an adult, so to speak. And she turned pro in her first shot as a, you know, you know, beyond a teenager. All right. So what questions do you have for me? I know we got some fan questions. So we are doing this kind of Q and, uh, Q&A through a format. So if you guys want to comment on this video, if you guys have questions that might be of topic, we would love to shout you out and, uh, you uh, have those questions you've dying, been dying to ask. This is a time. So so the first question is, what movie comes on that you always watch to the end, no matter how many times you've watched it? Like you can Man, watch it a so many, times. So many. I watch, uh, I love the movie Miami Vice. I mean, I love Bad Boys too. I love Die Hard. Die Hard's probably my favorite film. Terminator. So, so say this, what's, what's your favorite, like comedy, your favorite? Like drama and like I don't know if I break it down like that because uh, like Die Hard's my favorite film ever. So you can just watch it. I yeah I love Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know my feel good movies like would be like Home Alone during Christmas time, and I think yeah. all our viewers can relate to that. <laughs> um, and then the Chris Christmas Story is that what the other yeah. one with the you'll be- shoot your eye out with the BB gun. Yeah, yeah, with the BB gun. Uh, they have this. They have on Home Alone. They have this documentary on I think how they were made on Netflix. You guys should go watch it. And they show the story of Home Alone, how it it wasn't supposed to happen. Like, they had a budget, and they started filming it. And then Warner Brothers, like, cut the money off, and they fired everybody. And meanwhile, the producer of it was, like, working with Fox on the back door. So as soon as they fired everybody, the, the guy walked back through behind and hired rehired everybody. And it turned into, I think they wanted, like, an extra $1 or $2 million. So they spent, like, $13 million on this. And it's legitimately grossed over a billion dollars in all this time. I mean, time. It's, it's on every Christmas. I've, I watch it every single Christmas holiday. You have to. And, and you know, Macaulay Culkin, I mean, he, 
obviously was like one of those famous childhood actors. And, you know, I saw a meme over the last few years since social media came out and saying, you know, what is this? What did the the guy that, I don't know what the guy's name was. The, the dad? dad, his dad's name. What did he do for a living? Because he had this crazy house. He was <laughs> yeah. flying everyone to France. First for, class. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, like, what did this guy do? You know, I think I saw, you know, it's funny. I think I saw like LeBron James or someone tweeted that and say, yo, what did he do for a living? All the lights were always, you on know, and I really like and- <laughs> uh, even being my age, like I would love to see the home alone house. Cause it exists. It's right? in it's Illinois. Illinois house. Yeah. Chicago. And uh, I always kind of like, you know, and Joe Pesci was in there. So he's like one of my favorites from like the casino movies. And yeah. uh, you know, there's so many films. I mean, that I loved, Gone in sixty seconds. I loved, uh, you know, I like the original Fast and Furious. I even like the horror movie, like Halloween, are my favorite. Friday the Thirteenth. Those were like the original. So you talk about horror versus, you know, comedy. I don't know, like, you know, I really was like liked Robin Williams. Like Mrs. Doubtfire was a really good film. Uh, my favorite comedy, and it's it's funny because probably no one's ever really seen it is odd couple two it's got walter matthau and jack lemon and they're just two they go fly to go see their kids get married and they hadn't spoke from the first odd couple in like 30 years and they fly and land and they have to take a road trip and everything goes wrong i don't know why it's so funny to me i think i have the whole movie memorized i watched it over and over well, all we all childhood. memorize our movies but yeah. i'll tell you the what the two movies that got me into bodybuilding okay rocky four and Bloodsport. So Van Damme and Stallone were like my lead into physiques. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we got into, our, obviously I watched Arnold and I watched Terminator, but I never seen Conan the Barbarian. You said that to me earlier, and I don't know if I know an adult who hasn't seen Conan the Destroyer or Conan the Barbarian. And I listen, I saw most of Arnold's films. I mean, I didn't watch Pumping Iron until I got, after I turned pro. And, uh, you know, I like Twins. I like Kindergarten Cop. I liked True Lies. Um, I just, you know, you, in the Commando next, was one of my favorites. In the next week, I think you have to watch at least either The Destroyer or The Barbarian, and we need to report on it the next Yeah, it's week. probably pretty crazy that I'd never seen these. Yeah, that's films. like, that was like the first movie that I can remember where somebody, because he had a crazy physique then, because he wasn't just, he wasn't yeah. far from Sorry, the, sorry Arnold. Arnold. Sorry, I didn't. Uh, he had Wilt Chamberlain in it. And then, I see like, that. I have to see it now. Yeah, you have to. That's that's an absolute must. Classic, right? So if you had to pick one movie, if they said, watch this one movie, you have to watch it every day till the end of time. I, I mean, I think Home Alone, because I feel just good when I watch that movie. Like, yeah. it brings me into that holiday spirit, and I'm kind of like a... I'm a little negative towards the holidays a little bit. Like, yeah. I think every day is the same pretty much. So I think Home Alone would be the feel-good movie that I enjoy the most. They have, like, really good feel-good, like, theatrics with it as well. I think like, so. Like, the the music, like the... Yeah. But I just love New York City in the wintertime, and mm-hmm. it just it brings home a good alone. or... That Home Alone too. New York City, the wintertime. Well, yeah, I know, but it's like, yeah. yeah, so it's like that city feeling, right? Yeah, so... All right, so we're going to have to get you a Home Alone shirt, and then you have to watch uh, Conan, one of the Conans. Okay, another question is, you have been all over the world. Why do you choose to live in Las Vegas? That's a good question. It's a great question because we always talk about this. Yeah. Um, every day I think about going somewhere else, to be honest. 
because you, when you're somewhere and you establish, I've been here, it'll be 20 years next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came here for investments. I came here for bodybuilding. I came here for the climate, no natural disasters. Uh, housing was inexpensive at the time. And I just, the thought of Las Vegas, when I came here for the first time in 98 and saw the city and realized like the opportunity and it's in every film and it's been on documentaries and, you know, even going back to the gangster times, I don't know. It just had this aura and it's just 24 hours. I just, sometimes I just don't sleep and I like to do things. I like to eat sushi in the middle of the night and, you know, I was able to do that in Vegas, but it just, it's worked so far and I've developed a relationship. I mean, I'm respected in this city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just accessible for the travel. I think we talked this on another episode, just why Vegas is kind of the hub. But I mean, I grew up in Massachusetts. I lived in California and you know, being close to me, California would be my ideal, although times have changed there. Yeah. But climate wise, I really enjoy the climate of California, San Diego or Orange County. What about Northern California? I never really looked at that. Like like up north like of Lake like, Tahoe or? Like, well, that's, well, yeah, that's, what about like north of San Francisco? Kind of like where some of those appearances where you went. Yeah, or maybe, or, or maybe south of like uh, San Jose near the water there where maybe it's not as busy. I, as I never, traffic. I never spent much time there. So for me to have that experience to say yes or no. I just, I really enjoy the weather of Southern California. I mean, yeah. it rarely rains and it's like the same every day. And I mean, anywhere where there's no snow, I, I still have this this uh, bucket list to go start skiing again, which I used to do often, but I just haven't since I got the size that I just like the golf stuff, Yeah, which Angie got me golf lessons for my birthday. So I'd love, love to do that. But man, I like, I like Arizona. I mean, I kind of like the desert. To be honest, that's what I, I it's like. It's funny. I'll, I'll get random messages from you at two in the morning. Hey, look at this house. I'm like, where is it? It's in some random spot. Yeah. Or look at this place. Or look at this. Place. I mean, we looked at Utah. I mean, Puerto Rico. We talked about yeah. going to. You still need to go down there just to go check it out. Yeah, and I mean, I never really had the the Miami, Florida type thing. I never really looked at that. I mean, we talked about Montana. I think I'd just get bored pretty easy, uh, not having the accessibility. Even though sometimes I don't leave my house. I mean, we talk about that. But I think, you know, with, with having the option and, and all through my career, be able to be in one place, I just think it fit well for my bodybuilding. And I'm still still transitioning somewhat away from that. And not to say that this is where I'll end up uh, till the very end, but I still think I'll, I'll hold residency here. Yeah. What job would you have if you were not a professional bodybuilder? I wanted to. I wanted to be an ATV rider. I wanted to be a police officer. I wanted to work corrections. I mean, every kid wants to be a professional ball player, right? But I just only had certain genetics for that. Uh, Think of not I, now my as a family kid, as business. An adult. My family yeah. business would be. You know, they still do concrete. My brothers, Cutler Brothers, concrete in Sterling, Massachusetts, and that's probably where I would have ended up. If I never found bodybuilding, I never would have left Massachusetts. My whole family's still there. They live on the same street pretty much. And my brothers, you know, they started the business when I was 11. So around like 84, I think, 84, 85. And they're very, very successful at it. But it's very, very uh, rigorous work. It's hard. Yeah, it is. And that's how I kind of developed my work ethic. And I think my family really wanted me to move into and kind of be involved in that business. But for some reason, I just, I saw a vision of going to college and, you know, I, I somehow like 
thought, okay, I'll be a police officer of corrections. And as I was doing that, I, I got turned off a little bit and I focused on the bodybuilding thing. And I was kind of working. I thought on a, I worked on a golf course at the time and I was cooking also. I was line cook in a restaurant. So I had those in, ideas in my head, like maybe I'll head that direction. And, you know, the story is I started competing and did so great at it that bodybuilding became my so life. So now, now knowing what you know now, if you weren't going to be a bodybuilder, and you could speak to your 21-year-old self, what would you say to? Um, so I'll, I'll, like for me, for example, I would have been a DJ because I see how much money they've made, yeah. and I worked with them for years, and I could look back and go, I know how much money you can make. I know, this. but that's the top, top, right? And that's... I mean, if... I think I could have found a way to get to the, I mean, the top top makes millions, but there's still a lot of other ones that make three, but four, I'll be honest, like the money, the money didn't drive me to become a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. It was the, the feeling I got in the gym mm -hmm. and the transformation and watching my body shift that kept me mm -hmm. like motivated. And I, I, I didn't, I thought the guys did make money, but I never thought once even when I was winning Olympias, I'll be honest, I never thought about the money. Mm -hmm. I was paid, obviously, so I think maybe I was a little comfortable in the endorsement deals, but I never thought about, oh, I'm going to win X amount of prize money. And, you know, you know, as the amateurs, you get nothing. You actually, it's a loss of money, it's right? It's a loss, yeah. But the recognition and, and the notoriety is what excites you, and then eventually it becomes like you're a role model for people or whatever else, so... It's really hard for me to look back and say I would have or could have or should have done anything other than bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I would have been a personal trainer. Maybe I would have built that business or, uh, you know, became a, you know, a magazine, like a, like a writer or something. You know, I, I just loved bodybuilding. It was my passion, and it made it that much easier. When something's your passion, it just it makes it very, very simple to do. Yeah. And... I don't know if you asked me what I was great at, you know, anything I really did, I was decent at, you know, whether I did concrete or, you know, I worked a security job or I did cooking or, you know, I was, I was, you know, in the golf course maintenance and I got hired and brought up, moved position up to be uh, head of irrigation. And I was only 19 and I thought I was really great at everything. I could run heavy equipment. So you're kind of like Bill Murray and Caddyshack. Yeah, just, I love groundskeeper. Listen, going out on a golf course, and I'm not a golfer, but I would be out there and I would be sitting waiting for the sun to come up every day to mow the greens and whatever uh, fairways. I would sit out there and it was so peaceful. Yeah. And to this day, you know I enjoy my peace. Like the yeah. gym is like my sanctuary, and I've been training lately at a very quiet gym. And I don't wear a headset, and so many people come up to me, and they're like, how do you train? And there's not a lot of music. There's very soft music. They're like, how do you train? Because it's like meditation for me. Yeah. And that time is enjoyable. So anything that I'm at peace with, I think, would have been my career. Mm -hmm. And whether it was the, the concrete or, you know, the police officer, and that being bodybuilding, I love what I do, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't change it for the world. And the next one would be, you're known for having a large shoe collection. How do you decide what shoes to I wear? I knew the shoes would come up. So, like, for example, like, like you went to Virginia this weekend. <laughs> I wore my Air Max. <laughs> you know, you, gotta, you go look in your closet, you got an endless supply of shoes. So how do you pick what shoes to wear at what? Uh, I got to plug the Atomics, right? I did travel with my Atomics this weekend, so... Uh, 
my workout shoes I started wearing at the age of, I bought my first used pair from someone in the gym and my pair of Atomics because I thought you had to wear that shoe to be classified as a bodybuilder. So I bought that shoe at eight, at 18, you know, used from someone. And I, to this day, I still wear the same exact shoe that I bought at 18. It's the karate shoe. And I packed that. You love this shoe also. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a huge Jordan guy. Uh, anything that looks great, but the Jordan ones are my favorite. So I did bring a pair of Jordan ones, but I brought my Air Maxes. And t- today, which is different from four or five years ago, I don't wear what looks the coolest anymore. I wear what's the most comfortable as I'm going to be on my feet all day because mm-hmm. uh, I learned through the expos and, you know, not having carpet sometimes yeah. when you're on concrete. Uh, just like the basketball shoes have advanced, right? You, you know, they went from a very flat, they used to wear Chuck Taylors, right? To now you have all these different shoes that are classified under all these these amazing players. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like the look, but at the same time, I like comfortable feet. Yeah. And I choose by colorways. Like I try to think, okay, what did I wear last time? Or... You know, I got some shoes today. I just put on my Instagram. You know, I took some new Jordans today. I have a shoe guy that basically hits me up and leverages me to uh, purchase more <laughs> shoes. So I have, I'd have, I'd hate to count how many I have, but it's it's a whole closet, and I'll feature that sometime on on YouTube and show. Hey, these are the shoes that I have. But I'd imagine I have a very very uh, powerful. Do you ever? Shoe do you ever? Shoe. Do you ever look in your suitcase and you have shoes in there? Because I've done this and go. Maybe I shouldn't take those. You take them out and go put a new, different pair. Yeah, the question is, how many pairs of shoes do you really need to pack for a trip? Well, it depends on what if you're going for like a week. I mean, dude, how many pairs of shoes do you need? I mean, you need well, one, now, one dressier shoe and one. Like, I have a pair of running shoes. I have a workout shoe, which is Otomics. Uh, I have the running shoes to do like cardio. And then I have like a shoe that I'll wear at an expo. So it's a little more fashionable shoe. So it's more like a lifestyle shoe. Uh, and that's how I pack. So I usually have three pairs of shoes in a suitcase. Mm-hmm. And that's, no, three. Well, I have three. I have two packed and one on my foot. So that's exactly how I packed this weekend because I just took a carry-on. Now, if we're going to overseas, I might think about a couple outfits where, I hey, hey, we need to have more options. Or I'll just get over there. I'll just buy more shoes. <laughs> We've done that before. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah. I usually, lately, I just, I just wear bring two pairs of chucks i'm just tired i know you're a chucks guy with I'm no just, shoelaces yep i'm just tired of not i'm just lugging stuff around so the lighter i can travel with stuff the better and it you know a, a chucks you a pair of chucks you can wear them to the gym you can wear them with a pair of jeans and a, and a dress shirt you can they're just kind of universal so i'll have a white pair and a black pair see i only spend a certain amount on a pair of shoes so i used to buy a lot of designer dress shoes like Louis Vuitton or whatever, and I just don't do that anymore. I just buy Jordans, like the ones, like I said, I that's if I'm going to dress up, I usually wear Jordan ones. But, you know, most Jordan ones are like around $100 to get, you know, the Jordan ones. So I'm not one to buy like uh, the, like the Travis Scott's and spend thousands of dollars or, you know, the, the Dior ones that were ten or $11,000. I just think that's crazy unless you're, you're going to turn around and sell them because, you know, a lot of these kids make money with selling sneakers. So I have a lot of the sneakerheads that follow me exclusively just for that. So shout out to you guys. uh, But at the same time, like I wear my shoes and I believe in wearing them and they don't just sit in boxes. So yes, I do tend to wear repetitive shoes, but at the same time, um, I'm kind of aware of, Hey, I have these, but sometimes I have like double of a certain shoe. So, 
you know, something has to be worn out before I pick it up. So again. when you build a big house next, you need to just have a shoe closet. I, I'm just trying to keep up to, uh, you know, DJ Khaled, who has like <clears throat> two crazy pairs. Yeah. I, I wonder I've, how many pairs of shoes. I've watched he some has. of the videos on YouTube. He's, he's got an obscene amount of shoes. I thought I have a lot because I have like 100, 150, but you guys are on a totally different You have that many pairs of shoes? Yeah, I have a lot. Damn, where do you keep all that? In my closet. Some people guys keep it in boxes, like in. Yeah, I don't have any. Nothing I have is really like super expensive. Some Air Maxes and stuff, but I'm not. I'm not buying them for an investment, and I'm not a collector. I wear them. Every parachute I have, I wear. So I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a feature on that. But uh, you know, that's all the questions we have, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it for this well, week. Epi- Hopefully next week we'll have a bunch of Episode more. three in the books. And like I said, you guys, um, we appreciate all the comments. Uh, we did, like I mentioned, uh, we did have a little sound issue because of a slow processor. Yeah. So you notice the first two episodes we had a little slip there, but we're back and uh, this is where it is. So I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far. Stay tuned for episode four, which will be soon. And uh, Like and subscribe. Yeah, like and subscribe. And, and share uh, you know, share this video and uh, we can't wait to show you guys what we have next.